Amen. Y'all let them know how much you appreciate them leading us in worship this morning and uh, super blessed by them. Hey, listen, you got a Bible with you, Ephesians chapter 6 in your Bible. If you're a guest of ours, we've been going verse by verse through this particular letter written by Paul the Apostle and really being challenged that we would uh, live out the gospel so that we would literally reflect the Lord Jesus Christ in every single thing that we do. Now, here's the thing. There's a uh, great challenge in the book of Ephesians. Really, it's a command, not a challenge, but... The command is that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I bought an eyeball for just a moment. What does that mean? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It literally means to be under the control of the Holy Spirit in your life. So as soon as you come to faith in Jesus, the Bible says the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your heart. And now you and I are to daily surrender ourselves to his leadership. And now the Holy Spirit begins to control our thinking and our living, both our character as well as our conduct. Now, it's pretty awesome when you study the Holy Spirit just to find out what he does in your life. Uh, one thing that he does is he gives you boldness to declare the gospel of Jesus. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives you that great boldness that overcomes your natural fears so that you can tell other people about Jesus Christ and how they can come to know him personally. So that's one thing. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, when you receive the Spirit of God, you become his witness. All right, his witness. And I love that, by the way, to become his witness. You know what a witness does? Just tells what he saw. That's what I love. You saw the fact that Jesus changed your heart, and now you become a witness. You just tell people how Jesus has changed you. So that's it. You, you are emboldened by the Holy Spirit. But then also the Spirit of God begins to work upon your character. And uh, this bears itself out as you surrender to him through the fruit of the Holy Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5. And that fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So as the Spirit of God controls you and that fruit begins to kind of show up, other people enjoy that fruit in your life as a result of the Spirit's work in your heart. And then we also know that the Spirit of God gives us a spiritual gift, a gift to exercise in the context of the body of Jesus Christ. But here's the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit, and I don't want you to miss this at all this morning. So are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen, amen. Eyeball to eyeball. Look at me real hard. Do not miss this. Usually when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, we talk about Him in the context of the place we call church. That's when we talk about the Holy Spirit and His filling. But here's the amazing thing. God wants to use you in our community to be a bold witness, a missionary, if you will, for the sake of the gospel. Most of your waking hours are not spent inside this building. The majority of your waking hours are actually spent outside of this building. And there is an arena in your life where God wants to use you outside of this building to make an impact for the sake of the gospel. And that particular arena is where you work. It's in your workplace. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning to realize that the New Testament wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit in your job. And as you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are emboldened to actually share the good news of Jesus Christ. It is amazing how often we separate sacred and secular. So we'll talk about church kind of being the sacred aspect of our life, and then we'll talk about our workplace as being the secular place. But here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, every single thing you do in life is sacred. And God wants to use you right where you work so that you might speak about Jesus and you might also show Jesus Christ to others. Here's a fact. I cannot witness to everybody in the community, nor can the staff of this church. 
And the amazing thing is this, you are around people that we will never come into contact with. And so you have been given this awesome message called the gospel, and you've been challenged to go forth, filled with the Holy Spirit, and actually make an impact where you work. I love what David Jeremiah once wrote. He said this, quote, if the spirit-controlled life works at all, it should work at work. That's pretty good, right? Listen to what he said. Are y'all listening to me talk this morning? All right, so then it says, the indwelling spirit of the living God will go with you. He'll sit with you all day long in front of that terminal at your desk. He'll stand with you by the cash register interacting with customers. He'll walk with you on the roof of that apartment building under construction. He'll crawl with you under that old house to repair the plumbing. He'll rock the baby with you at 3 a.m. He'll cruise the city night all night with you in a squad car. Listen, that's what the Holy Spirit will do. The Holy Spirit, you don't kind of, uh, you know, check the Holy Spirit when you come to church and then kind of push him aside throughout the week. No, no, the Holy Spirit now wants your entire life. And as you surrender to him, he's going to make you impactful and influential even where you work every single day. Do you know, it's a pretty interesting article I came across. It said uh, a Gallup poll uh, found that 70% of Americans cannot stand where they're working. They just hate their job. Anybody in the house, would you just slip your hand up and say you hate your job? Don't do it, though, if your boss is here. All right, God bless you. One honest man in church today. The rest of you, liars. Every one of you, right? But 70% of the people is like, I cannot stand my job. What I want to encourage you to do is realize this. The enemy wants to get you to hate your job so you'll have a horrible attitude about it, and then you'll carry that attitude into the workplace and not make a difference for Jesus. That's what he wants to do. So what you and I have to do is change our perspective and see that God has put us out as missionaries in this community and he's put people in certain places to work so that a gospel influence would be there. It would be awesome if we could take the counties that our church represents and kind of put them up on a huge screen and then put a dot where everybody's working. You know what we would find? We would find we have gospel influence all over the place in this community. But now, if we're going to have the gospel influence, it means we have to have people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul wants. Paul wants that in Ephesians chapter 6. And the amazing thing is he kind of elevates this, talking about the relationship between slaves and masters. And please don't miss this. Paul is not advocating slavery. Paul has realized that there were some slaves in that day who had given their hearts to Jesus. And so Paul says, listen, slaves, here's how you need to be in your work so that you reflect the gospel of Jesus. He also knows that there were some masters who came to faith in Jesus Christ. And so he says, all right, masters, here's how you need to lead as a master so that you reflect the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So really, that's what we're looking at this morning. And we're going to principalize that in the workplace. And I'm going to teach you, Lord willing, from this text, how to be a missionary in the workplace. So y'all ready for it? Say amen. All right, let's stand to our feet. We'll look together beginning at verse 5. The scripture says here, slaves, uh, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of heart as to Christ. Not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. And with good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. Let's bow together. Father, 
uh, we thank you so much for the Bible. Uh, God, this is your book. You wrote it, and you gave it to us because you want us to apply the principles that are found here in the Scripture. And God, you use the Word of God really to give us a biblical perspective of how we're supposed to live as missionaries in the communities where you've planted us. And God, that goes all the way into the workplace. So Lord, I want to thank you for all the missionaries who have jobs in our communities. And God, I want to pray in Jesus' name that the missionaries here this morning would be equipped by the Word of God to carry forth the good news of Jesus Christ. God, do that in our hearts. Give us a renewed passion to realize this, these great opportunities that we have to share Jesus with those who are around us. And right where we live, right where we work, God, help us not miss that. And we'll give you glory for it. And that's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. So you go ahead and be seated this morning. And you can kind of take your listening guide. You got it in your bulletin this morning. Take notes on the back there. But a couple of ways and really uh, just statements to help you be a missionary in the workplace. The first one is this. All right. Whenever you go to work, you got to get after it for God's glory. Now, whenever I encourage you to get after it for God's glory, really what I'm saying is go to work and be productive. So you, you don't need to go to work with this intent that you're going to kind of shirk your responsibilities so you can be a witness. What I want you to see this morning is that whenever you work really hard, you actually build a platform for you to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's what Paul says here. Notice again in verse 5. He says, slaves, uh, be obedient to your masters according to the flesh. Now that word obedient means you listen, you hear, and then you do exactly what's been asked of you to do. And then he says, according to the flesh. So he's talking about earthly uh, masters. Now, again, we kind of equate this to earthly managers, supervisors, employers, whatever you want to call them. Whenever they ask you to do something, they give you a job at work. They give you a goal to strive for as an organization. If you want to be a good witness for Jesus, then you are Johnny on the spot seeking to be obedient to that particular task. And you get after it with all of your heart for God's glory. That's what the Lord wants you and I to do. Matter of fact, it's an imagery here that's given of actually uh, listening to a doorbell rung. So you're in your house, somebody rings the doorbell, and when you hear the doorbell rung, you jump up and you go and you answer the door. There's an immediacy to the fact. And uh, that's the imagery here. When the manager or boss encourages you to do something, you're like, all right, I'm there. I'm going to knock this out, and I'm going to do it the very best that I possibly can. I want to be productive in the workplace. And I'm going to tell you that as a pastor, all right? So look at me eyeball to eyeball. As a pastor of Concord Baptist Church, I want to be productive. I want to work hard. Uh, not be lazy. I want to get after it because ultimately uh, I want my life to glorify God. And I realize that, you know, I, if I do not really get after it as an employee of Concord, then I'm not glorifying the Lord. So I, I do. I want to get after it every single day uh, with what God's called me to do. And really, that's kind of the encouragement for you as well. And uh, this is something that should be driven into every single one of our hearts. I love what uh, Paul writes to Timothy. He says this. And uh, again, think of that slave-master relationship being the employer-employee relationship. He says, all who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of respect. So let me kind of, uh, you know, modernize that for you. Uh, all of you who are under the yoke of slavery in your jobs, consider your manager as worthy of respect. And then he says this, so that, and here's the reason why you do this, so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. That's an amazing statement. You know what this means? This means 
the way you are in the workplace in this community can actually cause the teaching, which is happening right now, to be slandered by unbelievers. And you know why they would slander it? Because they would look at a person in the workplace and maybe see somebody who's rebellious and lazy and think to themselves, they consider themselves followers of Jesus? If that's what it looks like, I don't want to sign up. So they slander the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as a result of looking at people in the workplace. That's an amazing concept. It's found right in our Bibles. You know, whenever you go to work, uh, don't forget, as a Christian, you represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a follower of Jesus, eyeball to eyeball, don't miss this. Uh, people are watching you. And when they find out that, they, that you're a follower of Christ, they are zeroing in at every move. They want to see how you respond to situations in work. They want to see how you act towards those other employees in the workplace. They want to see how you respond to the supervisor. In the, they're looking at you because they, they want to see, is there really something different about him or her as a result of their relationship with Christ? So they're eyeballing. And they're really, they're, some of them are just looking for a reason to turn away from the Lord. And they're looking at you. Don't give them one. Don't give them a reason. So work hard, man, work hard. Uh, you, you may be here today, too, and you're like, well, Levi, you know, I hear you talking, but my boss is horrible. And um, anybody got a horrible boss? Don't raise your hand, right? I bet you're like, man, and he, you know, he or she, uh, just very much a punk, right? Always just putting too much on us and, you know, very, just so unreasonable. And you're like, what, how do we respond in that situation? Well, uh, Peter says this in 1 Peter 2.18, servants... Uh, employees, be submissive to your masters. Be submissive to your managers with all respect. Not only those who are good and gentle, but also those who are unreasonable. Now, eyeball to eyeball. Some of you in the workplace, your boss is unreasonable, and uh, you've got an attitude about it. And you're all fired. You're like, I, I can't stand him. I can't stand it when she looks at me that way. I can't stand her being around. That's kind of your attitude. Listen, don't have that attitude. The Bible says that you should surrender yourself to the Spirit of God, allow Him to fully control you, and then go to work. Whether they're unreasonable or reasonable, you get after it for the glory of God. And here's the argument that I would make. If you have an unreasonable boss and you still do a good job, you shine brighter for the gospel than if you had a boss who was reasonable. Anybody can uh, serve a reasonable boss, but it takes a spirit-filled follower of Jesus to serve somebody who's unreasonable. Listen, that's what the Lord wants you to do in the workplace, so don't miss that. Don't miss it. Now, notice again uh, verse 5. Slaves, be obedient to your masters according to the flesh, and then he says, with fear and with trembling. And that fear and trembling is just a word picture here. It describes having an attitude that does not desire to displease and so the imagery here is that you go to work and you want to work so well so that you don't displease your manager or your supervisor. You know, I don't know if it was like this when you grew up, but when I grew up and I got in trouble by my parents, I would rather get a spanking than for one of them to look at me and say, I'm just so disappointed in you. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, whoop me. Please whoop me. 
please don't tell me I'm disappointed. Because it just bothers. So, so that's the idea. So you go to work and you have this concept in your heart and in your life. You're like, I don't want to displease the one who has authority over me. So I'm going to get after it. And ultimately, I'm going to do that for the glory of God. And here's the amazing thing. Whenever you work hard, you are actually simultaneously building a platform for you to share the gospel of Jesus. The Bible says you should always be ready to give an account of the hope that lies within you. So that whenever somebody comes and asks, you'll be prepared to share. Think about that. Whenever you're really living for Jesus in the workplace, uh, people not only notice, but people also will ask. What you working so hard for? What you trying to prove, man? I, I worked at Six Flags Over Georgia when I was 15. Uh, one of the first official jobs that I had. And I, was a, uh, I worked in park services, which means uh, you carry out the garbage and you sweep up the garbage. So that's what I did. I had an area uh, to work. And uh, I remember distinctly somebody saying, uh, you're making us look bad, man. Why would, why? Because I was working hard. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? And here's the thing. Whenever you work hard, you stick out like a sore thumb because most people don't. And whenever you work hard and people start trying to rag you or say something about you, you just need to come it around and be like, you know why I'm working hard? Because I know who my ultimate boss is. It's the Lord. I work for the Lord, man. Now, look again in your Bible. I love this. Slaves, be obedience to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart. Now, this word sincerity is pretty awesome. It literally means uh, simple without any folds. Y'all see this uh, sheet of paper right here? I'm asking y'all a question. Y'all see this right here? Yeah. All right, this is simple without any folds. Now, if I were to fold it all up, then it would no longer be simple without any folds. In fact, it would actually be hiding stuff that's on the paper. But whenever it's open, you can see everything that's there. Every single thing. So what does this mean to go to work simple without any folds? It means that you go to work, and what you see is what you get. You have no hidden agendas. You have no secret motives. You are coming in there as a man or a woman of absolute integrity. And you are working as hard as you possibly can, whether somebody's looking at you or whether they're not looking at you. This is all in the Bible. Sincerity of heart, man. Live this way. Work this way. And it helps you. You know, the Bible actually says uh, pretty, pretty plainly, Colossians 3.23, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. It's working for the Lord, not for man. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever you do, do it well. So as you work hard, you build an opportunity to share the gospel. I remember uh, in college, I had a job at American Eagle. It's a clothing store, which is why I have so much style today. Can I get a witness there? It's like, all I ever see you is slacks and a polo. I know. All right, anyway, so uh, I, I, did, I ended up getting this job. But here's, here's how I got the job. I was with my roommate in college at American Eagle. And uh, we were hanging out there, and he was looking at a shirt that was on sale for like four bucks. And uh, he was like, man, I just don't know if I want to spend that much money. I said, bro, it's $4, man. Buy the shirt. And said, so I just kind of, you know, tell him, you look horrible in what you got on now. You need a new shirt. Buy the shirt. Well, he ended up buying the shirt. The manager listened to the whole conversation. She came over to me and said, uh, you want a job here? I said, when do I start? And I started. And here's the amazing thing. I was there not long whenever that uh, manager went on to another place, and we got another manager come in. That manager was actually homosexual, didn't have a relationship with the Lord. 
I was in a place in my life where I thought, okay, am I going to work hard for this guy or am I going to go somewhere else? What, what am I going to do? Right? And so I began to work hard. Amazing thing is, another came, and there were two of them there, two homosexuals, and both of them were my boss. And what I realized is this. I worked hard. They gave me more to do. I was more productive. They continued to give me more responsibility. And in the course of doing all of this, they began to ask me questions about my life. And then I began to have an opportunity to open up and actually share Jesus with both of them. And I remember one day that I came to work, right? I'm walking in, and I've told this story before, so if you've heard it before, act like it's the first time. But I remember coming in to work, and both of them were standing at a table. That's where he had all kinds of clothes there. And they were both behind it. And I walk in, and one of them looks at me. And he says, hey, Levi, you think we're going to hell, don't you? And I was like, man, that's the way to start a day, right? So uh, I said, man, you know what? I mean, I'm not trying to be ugly, but I know you are. And then I just shared the gospel with them again. And here's the way to see. I would work hard for them, do what they asked me to do, get after it for the glory of God. And then whenever they had an issue in his life, you know what he would do? He'd come in to me and he'd be like, uh, Levi, can you pray for me? Levi, can you lift up my family? He began sharing all kinds of stuff. And multiple times had an opportunity. I wish I could tell you they both gave their heart to the Lord, but they did not. But what I want you to understand is that if I were a sorry worker, if I were rebellious to those in authority, they would never have asked questions of me. They never would have asked me to pray for them because they wouldn't have seen a person of genuine character. They'd have seen a slacker. Listen, if you're in your workplace right now and you're getting after it for God's glory, just know this, man. You're getting yourself prepared to give an account of the hope that lies within you. Here's the last thing. I've got to give this to you very quickly, all right? And that is that you would aim to please God at your work. Verse 6, the Bible says, Not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So here, Paul the Apostle doesn't want anybody to be a hypocrite at work. He doesn't want you to work hard whenever the boss is looking and then uh, be slack whenever he's not looking. So a true man or woman of God doesn't have to be watched to produce work. The spirit-controlled person works hard at all times because they know it is God's will. And that's what Paul elevates here in our text. So don't just see yourself as a person, by the way, uh, who works for the boss. See yourself as a person who works for the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 7, he says, with good will, render service as to the Lord. There it is, as to the Lord, not to men. And I love that. It speaks of having an eagerness of heart to work for the Lord. And um, what happens whenever we really have this attitude? And I'm going to give this to you very quickly. Here it is. Jot this down. Whenever you really aim to please God at work, you don't gripe and complain about your job. You won't gripe and complain. There it is. So jot it down. I'll tell you, isn't it true, right? Think about the workplace. What, what do most people do at the workplace? Uh, they get around that gripe. Can't believe I got all this stuff to do. Can you believe that they would give us? Do they, who do they think we are? We can't do all this. If I were in charge, I would. Everybody's good at being armchair quarterbacks, aren't they? Right? Y'all know what an armchair quarterback is, right? That's somebody who calls the plays but doesn't really know how to throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how people are. Though. So they go to work like, and when you gripe and complain, one, you go against what God really has for you in the workplace. When you gripe against your boss or you gripe because of the work, you know what the Bible says? I love it. It's found in the book of Philippians. Do everything without grumbling and complaining. 
Does that add to your work? Yes, it does. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll find you're not griping and complaining. You won't do it. Here, here's a, qu- a few questions. And uh, we're having Bible study now, so I'll answer these out loud, all right? So, uh, who gave us the ability to work? All right, so we'll try again. The answer is God. I'll go ahead and let you know all the answers from here are God. Are you with me? All right, so who gave you the ability to work? Yeah, God did. Uh, who gave us the opportunity to work? Who put us around those people to work with? So whenever you gripe and complain about your workplace, who are you really griping about? Isn't that crazy? He get, and that's the thing. Some of you are like, I can't stand my work. All these crazy people, I can't stand them. They're so, you know, you, know, you kind of have that attitude. And you know what? God put you there to be a gospel witness. And if you continue to have that sorry attitude, you're never going to make an impact for the gospel there. You're a missionary there, bro. And if you have that attitude, you're going to miss out on what God really wants to do through your life. Don't miss that by griping and complaining. Secondly, uh, you won't be lazy. So whenever you aim to please God, you won't be lazy at work. Probably the worst witness for Jesus in the workplace is laziness. Proverbs 26, 14, as the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. You know, a sluggard's a lazy guy. Door, you, you, you know, a door turns on his hinges like this, right? You open it, you let it go, and it goes back. A sluggard is on his bed, the alarm clock goes off, and he just rolled back this way right here. Press the snooze. Come on, 10 minutes later, he'd roll up this way. Press the snooze again. And then that's how they look when they come to work, too. So then they get into work, and they're just like, lazy. Lazy. Don't be lazy at work. When you're lazy at work, it makes my job more difficult to lead people to Jesus. Because they see people who know the Lord or who claim to know the Lord acting like that at work, and they're like listening to what I teach, and they're like, I don't want to listen to that. It doesn't change these people. Your, your work has the ability to make the gospel more attractive. It really does. So don't be lazy, please. And then don't take advantage of uh, Christian workers or Christian uh, employee, employers, rather. Don't take advantage of them. This is crazy, too, all right? So let me give you the context of why I'm saying that. Are y'all with me? Say yes. Y'all, y'all, y'all listening to a sermon on the workplace. I love it. So listen closer, real close. Uh, people were being saved during Paul's time, who were slaves. And there were those who were being saved who were masters. So some of the slaves were giving their heart to the Lord, and then right next to him, there's the master. And he gives his heart to the Lord. And so you know what they began to realize? Well, we're part of the same family. We're part of God's family. So we are brothers together in Christ. And so some of the slaves began to think, well, if we're brothers, you can't be telling me what to do anymore. We're in the same family. You can't do that to me. So Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 2 and says, Those who have believing masters are not to show less respect for them because they're brothers. Instead, they're to serve them even better because those who benefit from their service are believers and dear to them. So here's the thing. Some of you here today, you have a boss who is a follower of Jesus. And even tomorrow morning, which will be Monday, you'll show up to work and you'll be hanging out with your boss and you'll be talking about your weekend in God's house and you're like, man, he's a brother, or man, she's a sister, and you know, we're part of the family of God. And sometimes as a result, the employee may start thinking, well, I can kind of slack here because, I mean, he's, he's a follower of Jesus. He's not going to bring it down on me hard. I mean, he's going to be gracious. <laughs> and so the Bible says, don't do that. Don't do it, man. If your boss is a follower of Jesus, get after it even more so. 
Seek to please the Lord. And then, you know, i got to wrap it up, man, but check out again uh, what he says there in verse 8. He says, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. So eyeball to eyeball. Y'all ever heard of uh, job reviews before? Yeah. Right, so you sit down, manager tells you. You know, they always start off by encouraging you, don't they? Yeah. They're like, but there are a few areas we want to help you in. <laughs> right? You and I one day will stand before our ultimate employer. His name is Jesus. And you cannot subtract the mission of making disciples with your workplace. You can't, you can't take them apart. You just can't do it. God saved you, filled you with the Holy Spirit, and then he gave you that job so you could be a gospel influence there to make disciples. And you're going to stand before Jesus one day and give an account of how you were faithful to the mission of making disciples. Think about that. If this were your last day on earth and you stood before the Lord, would you be fired up about how you've been acting at work? Or would you think, man, don't come back today for me, Lord. I've got to straighten some things out. But then he makes the promise, too, that the Lord will reward you. Here's the thing. Some of you are thinking, man, I've been working like a dog for years and years and years. I'm not getting a promotion. I'm not getting recognition. And nobody's patting me on the back. L look at me eyeball to eyeball. The Lord sees you. And the Lord, he will repay you. It's in the Bible. We either believe it or we don't. Amen? So roll with that, man. You know what I would love one day? And it happens a little bit, but I'd like to increase a little more. I'd like for people to call Concord Baptist Church and say, uh, Hey, Levi, y'all got any people down there that can take a job? I got a job for them. I want them to call Christian places looking for Christian workers because they're so efficient. <laughs> That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to really apply what we've learned this morning. And I pray for all those who are workers here today. And I just ask in Jesus' name that they would uh, really see themselves as missionaries and they would go out. I mean, just go out from here, changing their perspective perhaps of their workplace, seeing it as an opportunity uh, really to witness, building relationships with those who don't know the Lord there. And then just building a platform to speak by working hard, pleasing you, and really doing what their supervisor asked them to do. And God, I do. I pray for those who have uh, managers and supervisors who are just flat out, you know, unreasonable. And maybe they, they're a little uh, like tyrants sometimes. God, give, give your followers an extra measure of grace. So really just do the task and do it well. God, I pray that we work so hard in this community that people ask us why we're working so hard. And then we can give that story, that account of our relationship with you. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, if you're here today and you've not given your heart to Jesus, I've already encouraged you to do that before you leave today. So right now really is going to be the time of invitation. So if you've prayed and given your life to Christ, in just a moment we'll stand to our feet. I'll be here in the front. Would you just leave the place where you've been seated? Come forward. Man, I want to help you. Set you up a time to be baptized in the days ahead. But you be obedient to the Lord this morning. God may be calling you to join this church body. Listen, everybody needs to be a member of a church somewhere. Really, don't unplug yourself 
from the very place that you express and experience the love of God. So if God's calling you to join this morning, you be obedient to the Lord as well. And Father, we give you the invitation. Just pray that you would work as you see fit. And that's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand to our feet. While we sing, you come this morning if God's calling you.